0: From the basement of the Bob and Tom Studios, it's that Josh Arnold podcast. Boy, oh boy. If it isn't that time again, that's right. Time for another chat, another sit down, another tete a tete. Oh, how about you? Look at you. Oh, my gosh. Hello. Nice to see you. Uh, Boy, we've got a a good one today because of our guest, um, a very special person, a very talented, bright, and uh, lovely individual. Uh, And what better way to spend one of the first weeks of spring with... uh, Uh, Then with this uh, wonderful guest, I'm talking, of course, uh, about a guest that needs no introduction. It's you. Yes, that's right. It's you. That uh, reminded me of, uh, I was watching a comedy special that Rodney Dangerfield was hosting. It was like a young comedian's thing uh, years ago. And uh, Rodney (laughs) went up between acts and he goes, this next act needs no introduction. And then he just walked off the stage, <laughs> and I'd never seen that done before. I'm sure that I'm sure I, I, I don't know that Rodney invented that. I, I <laughs> it seems like it would be very old, but it was the first time I had seen it, and uh, it made me laugh. Uh, if the person needs no introduction, why are you introducing them? I, I very funny, a very simple joke uh, that this simple man enjoyed. <laughs> Man, oh man, Easter week—it's uh, uh, it's upon us uh, in just a few days. Um, I, I I enjoy Easter a lot. I uh, you know the weather tends tends to be a little uh, well we we some, ideally we'll have some sunshine and some warmer temps and uh, get out there and watch watch the kids hunt for those eggs and uh, obviously. Uh, plenty of uh, religious uh, components to Easter uh, as well, and uh, if that's your thing, great. If it's not, uh, great. I hope you still get some good family time. And um, uh, I tend, I, I tend to do both over the weekend. I enjoy the uh, sort of well, I, I have. Uh, I, hmm, I don't know how deep I, into this I want to get, but I, uh, I've got my own uh, relationship with. Uh, a higher be, uh, being, if you will, and uh, so I celebrate that element. And then, of course, uh, the family element, though, is really where uh, w- w- I mean, I love, I just love that. So, uh, hope you, hopefully, hopefully, uh, you know, however you are comfortable, spend some time with the family. Easter was always fun. I have a ton of cousins, and so we the Easter egg hunts were always uh, uh, big events. Big events, and um, yeah, there was a mixture of dyed uh, hard-boiled eggs uh, in the hunt, and there were also those plastic eggs that were filled with candy or uh, coins, and occasionally you'd pick up a plastic egg in Grandma and Grandpa Arnold's backyard, and uh, uh, it wouldn't rattle. And you'd go, oh my gosh, there's there's folding money in this one. <laughs> and sure enough, you'd open it up, and there'd be a dollar or... Every now and again, a five. And uh, to find that uh, was a big deal. So um, my grandma uh, would uh, fill, and I actually talk about this in my act, or used to uh, in my stand-up act, my grandma would um, fill uh, plastic eggs with uh, M&Ms. One of three things. They were either M&Ms, Cheetos, just loose Cheetos <laughs> uh, that were very stale. Uh, or uh pennies. Um or dimes or nickels and stuff like that. Any kind of coins. Um, and every now and again you'd find an egg that had all three in it. So a couple MMs, a couple Cheetos, and a dime. <laughs> And uh, in my act, I would say, uh, you know, it was confusing. You'd open it and go, what the hell's this? Oh, that's just Grandma's senile trail mix. Because that's essentially what it was. It was just this awful mixture of, uh, oh, and then I would say, um, yeah, yeah, don't uh, don't choke on that dime sucking the Cheeto dust off of it. <laughs> I mean, maybe that wasn't so bad a joke. Maybe I should put that back in. Um, anyway, uh, that's, uh, yeah, I, I always loved Easter egg hunt and finding grandma's loony eggs and uh, <laughs> God bless her. She Hey, kids like snacks? Let's fill some of these eggs with snacks. Well, according to the uh, texture and flavor of the Cheetos used, she filled those plastic eggs three weeks in advance <laughs> because they were rough. But oh, how sweet. How fun. And now, as an adult, I get to hide the eggs. And that is also... I mean, there's there's a lot of fun to be had there. Uh, now, I'm not the cruel uncle that hides one that's totally impossible. That's just never going to be found. Oh, you guys still haven't found one. and uh, <laughs> But I will hide them uh, out of reach, very visibly out of reach, so that the kids can see that there's an egg there, but there's just no way they can get to it. And uh, that's when the the deal-making occurs. For me, at least. It's, uh, hey, I'll give you, I'll get this egg for you if you split whatever's inside with me. Okay. And sometimes I get uh, a little candy. Sometimes I get a little pocket change. (laughs) Oh, boy. I don't think I'm doing the family thing uh, this Easter, though. Um, At least I haven't been invited to any uh, of my brother's homes. So maybe they're all having it. And they just said, you know what, we can skip Josh this year. Uh, I don't think that's the case. But um, maybe we will have, uh, yeah, maybe we'll do something, an Easter egg hunt uh, outside of the Easter season. Who's to say? That might be kind of fun, wouldn't it? Just like a weird random June Easter egg hunt. (laughs) Um, ah, Who knows? But uh, like I said, enjoy the weekend uh, no matter how you celebrate. And um, uh, I know I will. And you know what? This is actually uh, brings us to our sponsor for the week. Very uh, appropriate for this time of year. Uh, Sponsoring that Josh Arnold podcast this week. Candy. Oh, boy, isn't that what what a treat candy is. I mean, as you're as a kid, you just can't get enough. And uh, as an adult, well, treat yourself enjoy uh enjoy a piece of candy every now and then you know it's uh, as i've grown older uh i've realized uh I, I when i was a kid i used to think oh my gosh i could eat candy all day but now that i'm a grown-up like finishing a whole full-size candy bar isn't what i thought it would have been like when i was a kid i oh man when i'm old uh, older, I can just eat uh, three candy bars or whatever because I'll have my own money. I can do whatever I want. Nobody's there to tell me. Now, if I finish like a Snickers bar, it's not great. It's, not, <laughs> it's like boy. I don't know. I don't know what, what that's about. And I'm a larger dude. So, uh, but I can't, or if I have a whole Hershey bar, man, it's a lot. Um, but man, one of those, min- I, so I kind of prefer the minis. Or a Reese's cup, or I'm more of a chocolatey candy guy than I am a fruity candy guy. But they all have their place, don't they? Ah, feel like a kid, enjoy some candy. I hope uh, that you can enjoy uh, some candy this week. And if not, if it's not for you, give somebody a piece of candy. Oh, and not in a weird. Uh, uh, there may be a needle in here, <laughs> kind of way, but uh, somebody that trusts you and that you try and give them a piece of your all right i think you know what i've just gotten a letter uh, an email here from candy yeah this is the last time they're going to sponsor the show dang it i ruined it all right i hope you enjoy a piece of candy soon you know what i enjoyed this week it's uh well i'll tell you that after we take our uh, visit to vocabulary station ah feel that breeze Sticking your head out the window there as we cruise along the tracks. Construction's almost done. I'll talk a little bit more about that at the end of the podcast. Uh, But the construction around here is nearly complete and things are looking great. And we've got a special uh, trip to Vocab Station today because we're not getting just one, but two vocabulary words this week. That's right. Why? Because one of them is so is so bizarre um, that I, I, it's, it's one of those words where I go, there's a word for that. And, uh, the other one is uh one that you could use anytime. So since the one is so weird, I wanted to give uh, one that is also a, a bit more commonplace. So, uh, what to start with the weird one or the comp? I'll start with the one that you could use pretty much anytime. And some of you are already using it. I'm sure. Uh, although, it is uh, kind of a what they call a $5 word. It's, um, ah, boy, I like it a lot. The word is nimbos, and uh, it's an adjective. Nimbos. Now, some of you can probably already piece it together just from the nimb, but it means cloudy or stormy. Hey, you want to go play outside? Ah, I don't know. It's looking rather nimbos. Could start raining here at any minute. Nimbus uh, is the type of cloud. So Nimbose uh, is uh, uh, cloudy. Nimbos. I like it. You think we'll get to uh, shoot off fireworks later? Oh, man. Uh, it's supposed to be rather Nimbose, so we'll have to see. <laughs> Appropriate for this time of year when the spring rains are among us. Now, the second word is one I wasn't uh, completely not aware of. And then when I looked it up, I went, huh, that, that is, that must never be used. Uh, but for va- Oh, well, I'll just get right to it. Calligraphy, H a L I graphy. And actually, uh, one person I often, I, if I come across a word that I've never seen, I will online try to find out how it's pronounced. Um, uh, and so uh, w- one site said it was holography and the other just p- pronounced it as holography. Um, <laughs> and it means a book about salt. Uh, how, how many books about salt are there that a whole word had to be constructed reg- for holography, a book about salt? I remember a popular book a few years back called Salt, and it really was about the history of salt. And um, I, I uh, thumbed through it. I haven't actually read it. I'd love to because it's it, it may sound uh, rather dry, but uh, to me it was it's fascinating how salt had been used throughout the years as, for different things. So that would be a, a piece of holography, <laughs> the book Salt, a book about salt. Wow. Try to use that this week. Let's go, what do you got there? What are you reading? Fiction, nonfiction, maybe a little holigraphy. And then we'll go, what's that? That's like, eh, a book about salt. What? Why would I be reading holigraphy? Well. <laughs> so, yes. Nimbus, cloudy, stormy, holigraphy, a noun that means a book about salt. I like them both a lot. But one, as you can see, you'll be able to use more often than not uh i uh, i'll enjoy trying to fit holography into the uh, into my conversation this week and uh that brings me to what oh this is gonna be controversial it is it's gonna be we're gonna have a little conversation about this one all right but i i gotta tell you i have to admit this is what i enjoyed this week oh look at this guy he's not worried even though it's looking nimbose outside he's uh he's fine He doesn't even have an umbrella. He's uh, throwing caution to the wind there. And uh, as you can see, he's got a book with him. And and, and it's titled... uh... (laughs) It's titled Saline and its Many Uses. And, uh, well, my gosh, if that's not... uh, Would that count as holography? Uh, Salty liquid? (laughs) I... you know what? I'm going to say it is holography. All right. This is quite... Uh, you know, the movie Salt with Angelina Jolie not considered holography. That's considered uh, helenoma. That's cinema about salt. Oh, boy. Ugh. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, uh, I hope you're still, still here with me because... I do want to talk about what I enjoyed this week. And again, uh, some of you are going to hear it and go, are you kidding? Are you nuts? Uh, And others will go, okay. uh, (laughs) Uh, But I can't help it. It is what I enjoyed this week. It's a book uh, that has made some news and um, probably will for a while. Um, I read the book. Apropos of nothing, which is Woody Allen's autobiography, and I loved it. Now, here's why this is controversial. If you don't know, he's obviously been uh, accused of some pretty heinous activity, but that's just it. He's been accused. He's he's not been found guilty. Um, I'm not. I'm not going to uh, take sides here. There's an HBO documentary out currently that's. Um, uh, Mia's Mia Farrow side of things and uh apparently it's pretty damning to woody and Woody's book is uh, I can tell you as, as somebody who's read it uh pretty damning ag- against uh, Mia so um uh what I like to do when stuff like this happens is um look at both sides so I will watch that documentary and I've already read woody's book And I will uh, decide on my own. I think I can pretty much tell you uh, what my decision is, and that is, essentially, we will never know the full truth. I think in these kind of cases, we just don't know. Now, what I will tell you is, uh, first off, you might be going, why did you read that book? I've always been a fan of Woody Allen, uh, and I'm also a, a, a student of comedy, and I wanted to read about uh, his, particularly him coming up through the golden age of television and through the early um, club scenes. Well, I shouldn't say early. I, what I'll say is the, the, the comedy club scenes of the 60s and 70s and doing uh, talk shows and stuff. So I was just really fascinated in the history and his history. Um, I did not pick, I did not read this book to read about the allegations against him and, and the drama with, his uh, when he was dating Mia Farrow, and and uh, then he he got married to her adopted daughter Soon Yi, and I I I don't really I, I didn't care that much about that. I this was an, this was um, uh, I wanted to read about him making movies and doing comedy and writing comedy in the in the golden age of television. So uh, obviously that other stuff is in there, and um, it is interesting, but I that's not why I picked the book up um now the facts of the matter are that Woody had has was accused of sexually assaulting uh, essentially uh, one of Mia's daughters uh, uh and um a, a, a girl that he had uh had a, a large part in raising he really loved this this girl and um, helped raise her, and then uh, when uh, it's, it's um, well, what, what was I trying to say here? Um, he, so, so here's what happens. He starts seeing Soon Yi, um, and according to Woody, she's out of college, she she's of age, and as unorthodox, and questionable, and sort of surface-level creepy as it is, or as it may seem, um, he starts a relationship with Soon-Yi, and when Mia finds out about it, uh, she loses her mind, and she uh, she's very angry about it. Now, according to Woody, he and Mia were already way on the outs. They weren't married, they weren't living together, nothing like that. They never did get married or live together. And... Uh, their romance had 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 all but uh, fizzled, um, and uh, he said, "You know, he kind of says I couldn't help it. I- she and I fell in love. Sun Yi and I fell in love, and there was nothing really as weird as the relationship may seem. There was nothing uh, inappropriate about it. Although you could argue uh, he had not quote unquote broken up with Mia. Uh, he- they were having an affair. Sun Yi and he. So Mia finds out." is really mad and uh, tells Woody, I am going to get my revenge. Really does say this to him. And he says, well, what are you going to do, kill me? And she goes, no, what I'm going to do is much worse. And so then these allegations came out uh, that he had uh, inappropriately, well, he had assaulted uh, Mia's daughter, Dylan. Now, Dylan was so young Um, at this time that what Woody says happened is that Mia as she had potentially done in the past completely manipulated Dylan into not only saying that Woody had done inappropriate things with her but believing them Woody says that he believes Dylan totally believes what she's saying and he says she's a good kid but she was manipulated from a very young age um, to believe that this happened, and it just didn't. And he offers up in his book plenty of uh, uh, evidence uh, to back his story. Now, according to people who have watched uh, the HBO documentary, Mia and 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 those folks offer up plenty of evidence suggesting that he is guilty. So, uh, I I just don't know. W- w- what uh I don't know that we'll ever have the answers now one of the reasons I wanted to talk about this is because first off I enjoyed the book it's informative it's uh uh it's there's great insight into his career and uh it's funny man uh, Woody Allen maybe you don't you don't care for his humor and that's totally fine. I've always been a fan so it, it made me laugh. Numerous times on like every page, except obviously when it gets to this stuff, um, those aren't as comedy heavy as some of the other things. But he's funny, he's self deprecating, he's um, sharp and uh, yeah, clever, smart. It's just silly. I really, really enjoyed um, the book, but I think what I'd kind of like to talk with you about it and 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 is this idea of um uh how we're there's a lot to unpack here what did happen we're probably never going to uh, fully know and should uh an artist's work be judged on their uh behavior their alleg- the allegations against them um I mean, it's a really interesting conversation. I don't have the answers, and and quite honestly, I go back and forth on a lot of this. Uh, can, look, Bill Cosby himself is arguably one of the greatest hours of stand-up ever filmed. Uh, and are we still allowed to watch it and enjoy it? Now, the thing with Bill is he was found guilty and uh, um, is serving time. So you can look upon that differently than with Woody, who there were two major investigations into these allegations by very credible organizations who found that there was absolutely no evidence that he's guilty and that there is evidence of uh, manipulation and lying and... um so if we're to t- if we're to look at those, Woody Allen is innocent. Um now the argument is, well, uh they those organizations w- didn't uh, treat this fairly because of who he is, uh, or uh, that kind of thing. So which I have no doubt has happened historically. There have been some cases out there that have been swayed by celebrity and money and uh, perhaps even more nefarious uh, things, threats. But if we just take it at face value, this has been investigated twice. And both times it has come back as zero evidence against Woody and some evidence against Mia Farrow. I'm not saying that that's the case because I have no idea. So I don't want you to think that I am uh, that I'm necessarily defending Woody Allen. I'm just telling you what he said and I'm telling you what these investigations said. I also don't want you to think that I am dismissing um, accusations or allegations and that they shouldn't be heard. They absolutely should be heard. Of course. But I'm also one of those guys. I tend to be a little more patient than the, than the the majority of the public when it comes to this stuff. Uh, I can wait for investigations to come to a conclusion and then look at their findings and and decide from there. Um, I I now one of the most interesting aspects of this to me is that with when, when cases like this, people want to believe one way or the other, don't they? Now, you could go, Josh, do you just – it sounds to me like you are doubtful that the uh, events uh, took place, that there was crime committed. And I am doubtful based on the findings of the investigations, not based on what Woody Allen told me by <laughs> through his book. Um, I do have doubts, all right? Are, somebody could fairly look at me and go, are you doubtful because you don't want him to be guilty? Well – Because you're a fan of his? Okay, that's a good question. And the answer is, I'm not... uh, I don't want him to be guilty because I'm a fan of his. I don't don't want him to be guilty because I don't want that crime to have been committed. (laughs) I don't care that his movies I've enjoyed. I care for the human beings involved in this. I... I don't want it to be I don't want it to be true because the truth that truth is so ugly and so awful that of course I I, I hope that, that that never happened I really do hope that that never happened that said Dylan Farrow believe it I do think that she believes it happened and what a tragedy that is um so so the the damage is already kind of done I, not to compare being manipulated with it actually happening but aren't the effects pretty cl- isn't the end result very aren't they similar they're real close if she couldn't re- remember the event um but it happened and she has to live with that and deal with it and go uh, you know and work through that um isn't that almost almost the same and i'm asking i'm not suggesting i i'm legitimately asking is that almost the same as that event never having taken place, but being told over and over and over again and being coached that it did happen, she still has the same trauma. She, You know, isn't that – I don't know. It's a difficult thing. And I knew – and part of me even went, you know what, I don't have to talk about this book and uh, how I enjoyed it or whatever. it could. But I'm not ashamed for having read it and um, – it's one of those things we just don't know the answers to. There are plenty of people out there that want him to be guilty, um, for different reasons. They think the guy's a creep. Um, they th- and look, <laughs> Woody's guilty of something. He's guilty of having an affair, which uh, uh, with uh, his uh, girlfriend's adopted daughter, and um, he, you know, that's odd to say the least. Uh, he's guilty of uh, small, smaller infractions that might have larger implications. Uh, the, the one in particular is uh, he's often been criticized for casting uh, beautiful younger women opposite him in romantic comedies. Now, to me, that's a weird, And I remember getting in, into a, a debate about this with a professor of mine in school. The, the class was ethics and media. And she was going on and on about how wrong it was for Woody Allen <laughs> to cast younger, beautiful actresses opposite him because her, her point was it was so unrealistic. And she thought that it was uh, uh, a bad thing. Um, that She thought that what she was saying, that what Woody was saying, was that um, he uh, that to to be old and uh, slightly less attractive than the women that he was uh, casting? That he was being critical of those women. So let's say, uh, uh, and I, and and so I kind I raised my hand and said, "Aren't you guilty of of uh, being? Aren't you guilty here? What you're suggesting is that Woody is too ugly and old." to date an old, a younger, attractive woman. And I mean, that's the assertion. So you're, you're, you're accusing him of showing some sort of prejudice when really you're showing prejudice by saying Woody is too old and and ugly (laughs) to get these women. (laughs) And she, she did not care for this at all. She uh, got mad at me, my professor. And she, she said, No, that's not what I'm saying. I'm just saying it's unrealistic. And I said, So, all right. So, and that it shouldn't happen. And I said, Okay. So, when you're at a restaurant in real life and you look over and you see an older man who you don't find attractive with a younger woman who you do think is attractive, you think that's wrong. <laughs> and she, she would, she, how, oh boy, I really caught her ire with that. And, um, I'm not saying that I'm 100% right in this. I'm just saying it seemed weird to me. And and I said, look, if I were to come in here and say, you know what? It's so unrealistic that Barbara Streisand cast Jeff Bridges or Robert Redford or uh, Ryan O'Neal opposite her because they're such handsome men. Isn't that unrealistic? She would have lost her mind on me. She would have said, "Well, what are you saying? That uh, be, that Barbra Streisand's ugly and old, and therefore couldn't get uh, these so-called handsome men." And I and uh, boy, and she didn't like that either. She said, "She goes, well, I never would have said that." And I, I said, "Well, you're saying it about Woody Allen." <laughs> and by the way, this was pr- this may have. Uh, I don't remember if the um, accusations uh, against Woody regarding his uh, regarding Mia Farrell's daughter had come out yet or not. I don't know. Can we all just kind of admit we don't know, and that in, in not just this case, but in many cases of, uh, of that we don't know? It's hard, and and that we have a bias for one reason or another as to what we want to happen, what we what we think is also kind of what we want. There are people out there that want Woody Allen to be guilty. I don't get it because I never want any heinous activity like that ever to take place. I don't want it to be true. Um, But there are people out there that do. And maybe there are people out there also who want him to be guilty. So they can go, see, this is a problem that needs to be addressed there are men out there taking advantage of their position who need to be, um, uh, who, this can't happen. And uh, you're right. This kind of stuff can't, shouldn't, uh, and hopefully will no longer happen. But if somebody's innocent, and uh, again, we don't know for sure, but the investigations have been done, and they show uh, innocence. If somebody is declared innocent... um. And, uh, not just by one, not just by one organization, but others, because let's remember, OJ was, was, uh, found innocent. But I think if, uh, that case had been run a couple times, he wouldn't have found, he wouldn't have been found innocent every time. <laughs> um, so, and in fact, in civil court, uh, there were things there that, um, where he was found guilty. So, um... I think we have to listen to the investigation. I think. You know, it's tough. It's tough. And I hope you don't mind having this conversation with me because we shouldn't be afraid to talk about it. This stuff should be discussed. Now, there are people out there that would find it, that don't think, you know, that these things need to be discussed in hushed tones. I I think that's um, antithetical to what we're trying to do, and that's to raise awareness and to... Uh, you have let if if justice needs to be served, let it be served, all that stuff. So I think what's going to end up happening is that nobody's minds are going to be changed, all right? The people that want him to be guilty are going to say he's guilty. The people that want him to be innocent are going to say he's innocent. And then there are going to be uh, some people like me who go, I don't know, and I'll never know, but I'm going to give, I'm going to err on the side of the investigations. And that's me. I, I, I That's just how I am. You, if you don't agree with me, I, I respect you. I do, but that's just uh, that's where I'm at. And if you are interested in Woody Allen's career at all, give read the book. It's uh, there's some really good stuff in there. So, um, I thought today uh, I'd get to some of your questions, and uh, we can uh, have a little visit with that. Um, Some fun questions here, some uh, career questions. Let's just uh, get right to them. Who is it? Jake. Jake writes in and he says, uh, Zack Snyder's Justice League was released. Uh, So if you don't know this story, uh, Zack Snyder was directing uh, Justice League a few years back. And uh, there was a a family tragedy. And he bowed out um, after he had done a significant amount of shooting. And uh, Joss Whedon came in and uh, reshot a fair amount of stuff and they put out Justice League. Well, uh, it didn't go over too well and fans um, demanded they see the Zack Snyder cut, the original original vision of the man who had directed Man of Steel and uh, Batman versus Superman. They wanted to see this, uh, his version. So Zack Snyder got uh, all his footage together and... uh, maybe some new a little bit of new footage I'm not too sure on that and uh put together his cut his vision and it was released well jake says what movie would you want a re-release of to improve upon it so if there's another cut of something out there what would you uh like to see he recommends the movie fury uh which i oh, i'm I'm uh, shame to admit, I've not seen yet. It's right up my alley. I love uh, it's about the World War II tank um, thing, uh, and it's got Brad Pitt and Shia LaBeouf and a terrific cast. And uh, he says that he thought they could it could be much longer. Um, I can't attest to that because, as I said, I haven't seen it. But I read recently, and I was aware of this, but I recently read an update on this. The I think what I would like to see. Um, uh, of this type, (laughs) there have been, there have long been rumors that there have been many cuts of the movie, Mrs. Doubtfire, a comedy that I think is nearly perfect. It's, it's a, I, I just, I, that is a terrific, terrific movie. It's sweet. It's funny. Um, it's just great. And, uh, um, there has been long been rumored that there there were P, there was a PG cut, a PG thirteen cut, an R rated cut, and an NC seventeen cut because Robin Williams would improvise so much on set that they got s- so much footage, and some of it was family appropriate as the movie is, and some of it was way uh, dirty and uh, adult oriented, and so they ended up having four cuts of this thing. And they released it as you know what. As I'm talking, I'm going to look it up. It's either it was re- either released as PG or PG13. I'm going to guess PG13. Let's see if I'm right. Let's see if I'm right here. Um, it uh, was released as PG13 because there is some. Uh, that's one of the great things about that movie. Plenty of stuff for the kids. Plenty of innuendo and stuff for the uh, adults everybody has good laughs and uh oh boy Robin Williams was just uh so anyway you can imagine that uh he would uh he had fun and uh, at times got very uh not family friendly now the uh director Chris Columbus has recently come out and said uh there was never an NC17 cut so uh and <laughs> just real quick i almost did not say cut there because the word <laughs> the word nc 17 had been bounced and when i say like it's like what's what's so dirty that uh it would it would garner an nc 7 what words are so bad that was going through my head as i said the word cut and i almost totally messed up so anyway <laughs> i uh, if that didn't make sense to you you're a better person than i am so um uh, I think some of you, though, picked up on what could have just happened. Anyway, he said there was no NC-17 cut. However, there was an R-rated cut. So my answer, Jake, I would like to see the R-rated cut of Mrs. Doubtfire. I don't know that it will ever be released, um, but I, I it's I would certainly give it a look because I bet it's hysterical. And um, uh, now, do, would I want that to be the finished version, the... The uh, end-all, be-all version of Mrs. Doubtfire? No. I love it just the way it is. I love that it's a family film. (laughs) Uh, But I am curious, and uh, I bet I would howl at uh, an R-rated cut of uh, Mrs. Doubtfire. A fun question. And uh, 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 that's, yeah, that's my answer. Uh, Let's see here. Uh, Christopher. Boy, I'm going to say your last name, man, because this is... uh, Christopher Steele. Isn't that a good name? Christopher Steele, private eye. Chris uh, says, or as he likes to be called, Steel Man. (laughs) He says, I wanted to know when you knew that you belonged on the Bob and Tom show. And the opposite. Has there ever been a time you felt that you didn't belong there? Wow. Um... That is it. that's a, that's a strong question. I uh, I'll start with the first part. I wanted to know when you knew that you belonged on the Bob and Tom show. Uh, the answer is technically, I knew I belonged on the Bob and Tom show when Tom hired me. Now, what I mean by that is, I consider Tom to be a radio genius, and uh, I I don't I I think many other folks do, too. He he really, as much as uh, on the big show, uh, it may seem like he doesn't know what he's doing or it may seem like he's blathering or he's not uh, focused or he's, uh, and he trust me, he lives and breathes the show and uh, radio and he knows what works and what doesn't and what's good and what isn't and um, sometimes he'll break his own rules for the sake of comedy or just to be uh, ornery or whatever, but he is a radio genius. So when he asked, when he hired me, I uh, I was not convinced I belonged, but the fact that he wanted me, I, I uh, erred on the side of uh, genius. I said, okay, that guy knows what he's doing. He's not going to mess up what he, he's worked so hard to build, uh, and I trust his opinion. So if he thinks. I belong. I must belong. Now, I there are still days where I go. I have no business being here. But that's that's me. I I oftentimes feel like an imposter. If I'm performing stand up to a room of uh, a, to a sold out comedy club or a theater with uh, fifteen hundred people in it, I uh, I always boy boy have I fooled every. I have no business being here. <laughs> I uh, I'm an imposter. Uh, Ugh, what were these people thinking when they paid money to see me that kind of thing um but I can't help it that's just kind of I and I think that sort of self-doubt uh i I think every good performer has that I think uh, uh or at least should and uh, it varies in degrees you know um some guys uh, have a little bit of it where they go ah oh, man, I hope tonight I hope i I can give these people a good show tonight and then they go out and they give them a great show and then some go, oh this is the I can't do it. I shouldn't be out there. I shouldn't be. This is ridiculous. I, uh, oh, my gosh. Now, I'm not either one of those. I'm somewhere, I'm probably closer to the guy who goes, ah, eh, man, I, I hope this goes, I hope I can do these people good. Um, but then I am the guy going, oh, I can't do it. But, uh, so, on the show, there are days where I go, well, I had no business being around uh, people as funny as that. <laughs> and then there are days where I go, uh, well, I was the funniest one. (laughs) So uh, it it changes. So, um, by the way, (laughs) I don't want you to ever think that uh, we are uh, competing on on, uh, the Bob and Tom show. Because if that were the case, the show would be a a way bigger mess than it already is. (laughs) We are all, uh, for the most part... The most fun uh, about the show—it's great to get a big laugh, but is playing with everybody else. You know, uh, if if I know that Chick has a running bit, it's so fun to lead him into that, so that he can knock the punchline out of the park. It's great. That's that's a lot of the mo- the most fun I have. Or or if um, Godwin and I, uh, Godwin and I have this weird. Well, I, I've, maybe I've talked about on the air, on this podcast about sort of a comedy sixth sense that some, you can sense. I can sense that Godwin's got a killer line. And if I have a line that I want to get out, a joke, but I can see that he's... I I shut up. I don't get my line out. I let him. And he does the same for me. And Chick will kind of do... Uh, when Chick's fully engaged, and I don't mean that as a shot to him, but there are times when we're just not fully engaged. Uh he when he he does the same the same thing, so and Tom Tom's good at it too. Um, look, it's just a cool thing. It's really fun to be a team as opposed to working individually. So, um, so when I say things like uh, "Oh well, I was the funniest one," that's not really how we operate. <laughs> uh, good question. So yes, there are times where I feel like I I don't you know when I don't I kind of feel like I don't belong is when uh, Bob is on. We'll have uh, special shows, and um, uh, Bob comes on, and uh, what, you know, maybe it's not a feeling so much of, uh, I don't belong here. It's more of a, it's more of a, a couple things happen when Bob comes on. I am, I've always been, I'm a lifelong fan. A lifelong fan. So, I, have it I have a tendency to remove myself a, more than I normally do because I want to hear him and I want to uh I I, I want to listen to um I guess you could call it a classic show meaning Tom Bob chick and Christy I I uh my gosh the four uh the four core are back together and I want to get out of the way um the other thing is I uh also want the audience to hear the classic show. So when Bob's back on man it's so great and it's so rare now uh but it's so wonderful that uh, what what am I going to do why am I getting in the way? Let the audience enjoy them just like I want to. <laughs> so I I do tend to back off a little bit. Um so I don't think it's necessarily a hey I don't belong here. It's kind of a uh eh, I don't need to belong here right now. I want I want to I want to watch and listen to the uh, original four and um uh yeah. So the so those are days though. That I I think that's Yeah, I ju- I just wanted to Well, it's my podcast. I can say whatever I want and I just wanted to say that. What what are you mad about it? So let's see here. Uh <laughs> what else do we have? <laughs> Grant. Grant writes in. uh, Oh, boy, oh, boy. Another controversy. What am I doing? Talking about Woody Allen. Talking about uh, media speculation and the uh, public's response to it. Uh, Well, I mean, boy, I'm just tackling some tough issues here and I'm going to tackle another one now. Grant says, what is your take on the Oxford comma? Oh, major controversy. He says, I know that I am strongly opposed to it. Grant. He says, it seems highly unnecessary to me. What's your opinion of it? If you are pro-Oxford comma, that's okay. I will just stop listening immediately and proceed to cancel you in every way possible. <laughs> well, Grant, I'm, uh, I've got to be honest. I'm going to tell you now. Let the canceling begin because I am Pro Oxford, comma. I am. If you don't know what the Oxford comma is, it's the third, well, it doesn't have to be third. The uh, suggestion I'm going to give you are third. It's the comma used before the word and in a list of something, essentially. So if I say, oh, at the barbecue, we're going to, ha- and yeah, oh, uh, food related, Josh. Yes. All right. Uh, <laughs> At the barbecue, we're going to have burgers, hot dogs, ribs, and chicken. Do you put the comma after ribs before and, or do you not? That's the Oxford comma there, before the and. I am pro Oxford comma, so I would write it. We are going to have burgers, comma, hot dogs, comma, ribs, comma, and chicken. Whereas Grant would write... Hot dogs, comma, ribs, no comma, and chicken. Jason, uh, don't speak. I don't like any other voices. You are anti-Oxford, comma? Okay. Oh, isn't this fascinating? Wow. Now, if you look this up, um, there's no right answer here, technically. All right? Uh, It's a stylistic choice, which makes it all the more fascinating, I think. Uh, But... Whether it's because I was uh, taught uh, the Oxford comma growing up, um, or not, you know, I was taught that it was it was the only way. In grade school, I, re- I remember specifically. Um, and then when I got to high school and college, I was taught, no, no, that's called the Oxford comma. And it's not necessarily, um, it, it's a stylistic choice. Like, what? There are people who don't <laughs> use it. <laughs> So I'm guessing my elementary school teacher, whichever one it was, was pro-Oxford comma because she taught it as, and you put a comma before the end every time. (laughs) So uh, that's something about me. Pro-Oxford comma. Thank you, Grant. A fun question. Todd asks, uh, what are you reading now? Well, I just finished the Woody Allen book. And are there any favorites of yours you would recommend? Um, He's an avid uh, reader, he says. So I just thought, uh, answer, in answering this question, I'll just tell you some of my favorite authors. Um, when it comes to horror novels, uh, some of my favorites are Stephen King, Jack Ketchum, Dan Simmons, uh, Nick Cutter, and um, uh, in terms of folks who are still writing, and then, uh, oh no, I'm sorry, Jack uh, has passed away, but um uh, some of the older authors, uh, Lovecraft, uh, Poe and, uh, Shirley Jackson. And, uh, so those are some of the, um, I love, uh, thrillers. I love crime uh, pot boilers as they're often referred to. And if, if I'm in the mood for a good pot boiler, I'll go to James L. Roy or uh, Michael Connolly. Um, uh, and I'm going to be leaving out some, uh, on this list as well. Um, I also, when it comes to just uh, really beautiful uh, fiction or uh, really strong, just uh, you know, sort of award-winning uh, fiction, I'm a big. Uh, I love uh, Jonathan Franzen and uh, uh, Michael Chabon. Uh, I, I, I may be mispronouncing his name. I apologize if I am. Um, oh boy, Tim O'Brien. Uh, there's there are so many. Uh, Raymond Carver, and then um, uh, John Irving. When it comes to uh, the classics, uh, Jane Austen, uh, Nathaniel Hawthorne might be my favorite, Uh, William Faulkner, and um, uh, Dickens. Uh, 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 And then when it comes to um, nonfiction, I've read mostly everything that uh, uh, Crack Hour has done. He wrote Into the Air and Into the Wild. And um uh, okay, I, I mean, there's just so much to, to list, but those are just a, a few um uh and that leads to the next question, which is, oh where is it here? Ah, oh, here it is. Uh, it's from uh, Levi and uh, he says in the in the context of humor comedy, do you have a favorite book you could recommend? He says he's recently started reading again, thanks to me. And uh, he has not read much in the comedy humor genre. Uh, thoughts or suggestions? And I'm going to be honest, I have not read a ton of what would be called uh, funny books. Um, and I think it's because I'm a comedian. And uh, um, I see so much comedy and I've heard so much comedy and I, I know so many very funny people that when I read I or when I watch TV or movies, I tend to go to something like a, a a cop procedural or a crime thriller or something like like something that's the opposite of comedy because I want to explore that 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 other world you know those other worlds. So um, that said, there are some I can recommend if you're looking for books about comedy. Start with Steve Martin's Born Standing Up. Uh, it's funny, it's informative, and it's uh, it really captures. Uh, the Essence of Stand-Up. Um, if you want f- a, a book that is funny, uh, I read one uh, a couple years ago. Um, I, I've never read uh, things like, I've never read any Douglas Adams, uh, The Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy and stuff like And I will. I will eventually read those. But when it comes to comedy, I'm just, that's not what I, I just don't jump right to them. I've, I have read, uh, Larry Miller's got a bright, great book out called, uh, Oh, shoot. I hate when I do this. I rave about something and then I don't remember the full title. Um, Spoiled Rotten Americans, I think. It's something like that. Uh, but I love Larry Miller, so that's funny. Um, uh, that's really funny. The two Jim Norton books, the one particularly um, is uh, hilarious. It's not the one called I Hate Your Guts. It's the other one. I should have done some research before I just answered this question. <laughs> that made me laugh a lot. Um but what I will recommend is uh, this thing. Almost uh, a friend of mine gave it to me, and he said uh, he was—he's a comedian named Matt Conti, uh, great guy—and he he said uh, every sentence in this book is a joke. And I went, "Oh, okay." He, he means it's funny, and uh, no, he didn't. He meant exactly what he said, literally. I, I would be hard pressed to, boy. Every sentence is a joke, and that might sound impossible, but it's pretty much true it's very accurate it's an accurate description uh now don't read the book and then go see this sentence isn't a joke okay ninety eight percent of the sentences in this book are a joke and they're funny and I laughed out loud so much reading it it's a book called the Stench of honolulu <laughs> And it was written by Jack Handy, most famous for writing for SNL, and uh, particularly the Deep Thoughts by Jack Handy. Remember those? Of course you do. Deep Thoughts by Jack Handy. And it would just be um, uh, a quick thought. I'm sure we all have our favorites. One one I can remember is, isn't it a shame... (laughs) Uh, isn't it a shame that a family can be torn apart by something as simple as a pack of wolves? (laughs) That's so crazy. And then that's it. Like, that's all the deep thoughts were. And then another one was, uh, when a child asks why it's raining, I like to say, because God is crying. And when the child says, well, why is God crying? I like to tell them, Probably because of something you did. <laughs> it's just these these insane things and he, and uh uh, just little weird musings, but the book isn't uh, I mean, it's got that sort of humor, but it's not uh, just a series of deep thoughts. It's actually a narrative and stuff and it's it's uh, laugh out loud, funny. The stench of Honolulu. I would recommend that by Jack Andy. I mean, the title alone is funny. when you think of Honolulu. You're thinking sort of tropical uh, paradise, in a, but he didn't care for it. So, uh, he, the stench, not the smell, the stench. The suggestion being it's completely, it's not good. Oh, yeah, okay. I should read that again. That I, that's that should be one of those books I read every year. It makes me uh, makes me smile. Were there any other questions? Huh? You? No, you're good. Anybody else have anything? Um. Okay. Well. What if I just did this for the next 10 minutes? (laughs) I'm sure some of you are saying, well, it couldn't be any worse than what you have done so far. All right. I uh, Oh, I'm I'm done with that. Here we go. Uh, Boy, what a mess. What a mess. (sighs) What to work on. Oh, yeah. Okay, that's the next part of this uh, podcast. Episode 25, and I'm still trying to figure things out. Uh, Let's just get right to... (laughs) What to work on this week. Ah. All right. I hope you guys had a good time. I, I certainly did. Uh, I, that might be why I'm frazzled, because I was having fun. Ah, that's happy music, because what to work on this week is should be something happy. Now, this does... Uh, Deserve a preface. All right. I'm not going to get right to what it is we should work on because I want to tell you a couple things. First, is I am pregnant. No, I uh this is the 25th episode of the of that Josh Arnold podcast. And uh it's also the final episode of season one of that Josh Arnold podcast. What does that mean? Well, it means That season two is coming up and that will begin in May. So, uh, season one is uh, will be ending uh, as soon as I awkwardly end this one, this episode. And season two will begin May uh, 4th, that's Star Wars Day. So, um, well, Josh, what are we going to listen to on Tuesdays or whenever? Uh, through the month of April. Don't worry. Uh, there will be uh, four weeks of something I think you're really going to like. Uh, if you've never, you haven't heard them. And um, uh, it's, uh, I think you're going to really enjoy it. So there will be four episodes, but they won't necessarily be uh, technically episodes of that Josh Arnold podcast. Uh, the, they will be uh a conversation and you will get to uh be a part of it so uh you will have something to listen to each and every week in April and it will be new and it will be fun and funny and interesting and uh um and maybe even emotional so i i, I think you're gonna dig it uh that said please um subscribe to my podcast it, I didn't realize the importance of this. Um, some of you, many of you, have, and I, boy, I, I, I really appreciate it. And uh, if you haven't, please subscribe. It, it all it does is it lets you know when a new episode's up. So, um, uh, yeah, uh, definitely subscribe. And what I I want to do real quick is uh, thank you for for listening to this thing. Um, one of the reasons that uh, I decided to separate the show into seasons is over the over April, uh, yes, each week you're going to be getting something new, but that thing will have been recorded in one chunk and then separated into four, uh, well, for lack of a better term, we'll call them episodes. So I'm kind of taking the month of April off from the podcast because um, when I started this thing, I didn't really know what it was going to be. I knew I had I had a couple segment ideas. And I knew I, I wanted to visit with you and talk with you, but i I didn't really know, and quite honestly, I still don't totally know what I want this thing to be. Um, but I do have i I do have a better idea. And so I'm going to implement those what I think are better ideas starting in season two. And um, uh, so there will be some differences, some things will be the same the construction as i've been saying uh is nearly done and uh well you i i look forward to introducing you to all of that uh in may that's so what i'm getting to here in my often in my usual clumsy way is i want to thank you guys so much for giving this podcast a shot and uh for listening maybe this is your first episode Um, thank you for trying it. And if you've stuck around, if you've listened to everyone or you've listened to a couple or, or, uh, you know, 15 out of the 25, my gosh, it, it genuinely means so much to me that you want to spend some time with me. And, uh, I, I, I've, I love spending time with you and, uh, look forward to more of it. Um, and, uh, just uh, thank you. Thank you guys very, very much. Keep writing me. Josh podcast at bobandtom.com S- and uh, uh we like i said some fun stuff the next 4 weeks and then uh season 2 of uh, that Josh Arnold podcast what to enjoy this week um is uh going to eat itself a little bit right here what i want you to enjoy this week or work, i no that's no, not that's not what to enjoy my god can you tell i need a break this is this is another reason <laughs> that I'm taking a month off, um, uh, just to give the brain the what happens. Uh, look, it's not an excuse, but it's a reason. What happens is I do this podcast uh, essentially right after the morning show, so this is like hour five, hour five and a half of me talking and using my brain, and I it's just too much. So <laughs> my feeble mind can't uh, handle this much. Anyway. What to, enjo- what to work on this week is I want you to, over the next month, and actually, so it should be, good God, let me just take a breath and uh, start, what to work on this month, all right? For the next four weeks, I would like for you to enjoy something that you have always wanted to uh, enjoy, but you haven't. So... If you've never seen The Godfather, but you've wanted to watch it. If you've never read The Catcher in the Rye, but you always have. If you've never binged uh, The Crown, but uh, boy, uh, would you love to be part of the conversations all your friends are having about it. Do it. Take this month to read a book that you've always wanted to read. Watch a movie you've always wanted to watch. Listen to an album. uh, Look at uh, some art. Anything. Like that, uh, do it. Do it in April, and uh, when we come back in May, I'll try to remember to tell you what it was that I uh, decided to enjoy that I that I hadn't before, whether it be a book or binging a show or or watching a movie, whatever. Maybe I'll do all three, uh, or four. Listen to a, an album. I've never I've never listened to Abbey Road uh, top to bottom, so you know something like that. Uh, go ahead and do that, and. Uh, um, I, I'd love to hear what it was that you decided to enjoy and whether or not you did indeed enjoy it. <laughs> so thank you guys again. Uh, I don't know in uh, season two uh, if uh, we will have proper endings to the podcast, uh, but I guess we'll just have to see you.